0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass,
1: and I'm all out of bubblegum. There are of course those who do not want us to speak.
2: Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They they keep knowledge, you know, They're, they're total masters of deception. They manipulate
3: everything. You know these these pricks at the hell that lie to
2: us. It's... I did not have
0: sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lorensky. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These
3: allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. They're they're
4: setting it up for the great deception.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely.
3: I never used to question before, and now I question everything.
2: Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. On infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day.
1: The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to vote it in. And
2: welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Tonight, we're going to do a little smorgasbord. Um, I really want to go into uh, the Digital Equity Act that just got enacted, and it was a giant boogeyman in November. And after the dust settles, I'm not sure where I stand, but I want to get the news out to you all as to where it was, because I know we talked about it back in November, and they did have a vote on it and everything like that. But 2024 has just gotten off with an absolute bang i mean we're talking let's go from (laughs) january 1st on it's been crazy so we're gonna have a lot of interesting stuff going on in 2024 as the last episode kind of led to where we talked about you know population shifts and things like that it's gonna play a big role in the next year to you know (laughs) five years and beyond but so anybody that wants to uh i i'm announcing now the patreon zoom call we're going to do that on friday january 19th nine o'clock eastern um any of my patrons want to hop on uh usually about an hour hour and a half we'll talk about anything Uh, a lot of fun with the people that do decide to join so Anybody that wants to hop on, go to patreon.com slash the great deception podcast and uh sign up. I got a couple of different tiers out there, and I may even adjust those this year a little bit. Um and we'll see where it goes. But I we had a lot of fun with those last year and I want to keep them going. So uh Friday the 19th, we'll see you all there. So let's get to the madness. OK, it's just been one of those years where you start off and you're like, holy shit, we're going to we're going we're gonna to start with this. And so we're going to look at uh, January 1st. What happens? Massive earthquake in Japan. Right. You have this. I, I believe it was a seven point five. Yeah. Um, earthquake and killed like 98 people over 200 missing 500 injured uh just another you know it seems like almost an annual thing in the Pacific and the uh, Indian Ocean with these massive tsunamis right around the holidays you know you've seen a couple of them throughout history um you know the there was that massive one on Christmas a few years, you know, a couple of years back, probably about a decade now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate that these things, these quote unquote natural disasters um, in Japan, we feel for you guys. Um, next up, we had Iran. Okay. There was a massive bombing at. On the four-year anniversary of Trump droning Soleimani, that uh, supposedly now this is where the, this is why I'm one of the only reasons I'm bringing it up because ISIS announcing their presence with authority, coming back and taking responsibility for the deadliest attack in Iran since the revolution in 1979. You know, uh, this it was a double bombing. Um, I guess these guys blew up some some tanks, some gas tanks, or so. I mean, it was had to be massive because eighty four people died, another almost three hundred were injured. I mean, we're in in dual bombs at uh, mosques while these people um, mourned for Soleimani, and you know their their claim was that. You know, Shia are heretics, and uh, so they targeted their shrines and religious sites. Now, if any of you are well-educated in ISIS, you know that that is a creation of the CIA Mossad. Now, is this them poking the bear? I don't know. Doing it via a third party, as we always love to do. You see it through in Ukraine you see it in israel you're seeing it all over if we're not you know we're donating funds or you know peacekeepers it's nonsense we're we're it's a it's a third party way to get involved and this this is one to keep an eye on because you know depending on how the election goes this iran could be a real hot button because you're going to see ukraine is done it's it's over with russia's you know just it's just going to continue being a meat grinder and eventually you know it's done they run out of funds they have no support from the west they're done they're just you know they've done all this for what to get back to where they were in the beginning you know and or possibly lose some territory and and you know think of thousands, thousand tens of thousands of people that died for no reason hundreds of thousands it's just pointless but anyway, and then you go to the most recent story, and I didn't pull it up here, and I'll here, I'll, I'll see if they even have it. We're talking about the aliens in Miami. Now, what I find is, is hilarious, you know, they say that, and, and there was this big video going around on the internet about this woman talking about, this big long one about how you know, it's the biggest police presence ever. And, you know, there were black helicopters, this, that, and the other, and everybody on the ground was talking about it, it was a massive fight, but supposedly, you know, much like the good old Bigfoot footage, there's this grainy ass footage from an aerial view of a grainy being that, you know, according to reports is anywhere from eight to 12 feet in height. And, you know, the aliens had, had invaded Miami. So <laughs> it's just, you know, this is this is the mayhem that we live in. And there were people running around. You know, we're in a time of like War of the Worlds, you know, where people are, are taking these things and just running with them. And these reports that are nothing more than stories are being brought out there as real. And people... You know it's gonna cause some people to spiral because there's a lot of people on the edge right now and and on the fringe as we speak and you know an alien invasion it could be the uh, perfect storm to send them over the edge and we don't want any more people going over the edge. They've sent plenty over the last four or five years so What are we here to talk about tonight? Well, what I wanted to share with you all was, um, and it started with this video I saw. uh, Again, somebody shared it with me. It was a a, a TikTok video. Um, And it's one of these ones where, okay, (sighs) Biden administration is going to rule the internet. Okay, and this is what we're hearing. So let's listen to this guy
4: well let me bring you up
2: to speed folks while everybody's focused on what's happening in
4: Israel and Gaza I'm gonna bring your attention to a major major story happening this week that nobody seems to be covering the Biden administration is literally steps away from regulating all internet service providers and taking over all internet infrastructure across the United
3: States Brendan Carr is calling the Biden administration's digital equality plan For all internet services and infrastructure, an awful power grab, he said. President Biden's plan hands the administrative state effective control of all internet services and infrastructure in the country. Carr went on to say the Biden administration's plan empowers the FCC to regulate every aspect of the internet sector for the first time ever. So let's
4: verify this for ourselves, right off the Federal Communication Commission website, right off the government's website, and this is astounding because this is the head of the FCC himself, right there. and Carr opposes Biden's plan. As always, this is in my sources, so you can check it out and read it for yourself. President Biden's plan sweeps entire industries within the FCC's jurisdiction for the first time in the agency's 90-year history. President Biden's plan allows the FCC to impose unfunded build mandates on ISPs and unlimited monetary fines on every covered entity. The final vote for this is happening pretty much immediately. Next Wednesday, November 15th, the FCC is having their final vote. And if it wasn't for the commissioner, Brendan Carr, we probably never would have heard about it. And I bet they didn't talk about this on your five o'clock news.
2: No, they're not going to, uh, as as you know. But one of the things that caught my eye right away is the idea of digital discrimination. And that issue is like, okay, is that really an issue is there is there a need for this? Because and, and looking into this, and we'll get into this as we dig deeper. This comes from legislation that was passed in 2021. Okay. So uh we heard what they were talking about, which is Brendan Carr's. Okay. And and what we'll do is we'll we'll go through here Brendan Carr's article and or his letter that he wrote and what it it has in it. So his whole concept was uh, that he opposes this, right? And who is Brendan Carr? He's one of the FCC commissioners. Okay. And he issued the following statement on November 6th. So Democrats have been in charge of the FCC and administrative agencies in DC for approaching 12 out of the last 16 years. They've had the opportunity over a stretch of time to Put in place nearly any federal telecom policy of their choosing. In fact, the federal government has allocated hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollar for the purpose of ending the digital divide while Democrats have run the administrative state. After all that time and after all that spending, the Biden administration has concluded that the Democrats' policies are not working. Shocker. I agree with President Biden on this point. The administration's broadband policies are failing. The costs of building internet infrastructure in this country have skyrocketed thanks to Biden administration's inflationary policies. The administration has no plan for filing or, or filling a now empty spectrum pipeline, one that is vital to America's economy and geopolitical leadership. Meanwhile, the FCC is just sitting on spectrum that could connect millions of Americans to new 5G services. The administration has needlessly blocked and delayed new broadband infrastructure builds, fiber and cell site components are laying uh fallow in warehouses and lay down yard and yeah, laydown yards across the country due to the government's failure to remove regulatory red tape. Permitting reform has gone nowhere, and the Biden administration is preparing to waste additional taxpayer dollars through its multi-billion dollar Internet for All initiative by pursuing extraneous political goals at the expense of connecting Americans. Now, this right here, right, you understand what's going on. They're getting in the way. The, these telecom companies have plans in place. They want to move forward. Nope, there's red tape in the way. So now this stuff just sits and waits. So now, what do we know about government intervention? Anytime the government gets involved, things are more expensive, they're slower, and they usually don't get done as planned. It's a shit show. You do not want the government involved. Now, this idea of digital discrimination and internet for all and that, well, that's what these people are trying to do. They're trying to upgrade their infrastructure, but they're running into roadblocks by the Biden administration, who's now saying, okay, you must do what we want you to do, or you're going to face heavy fines. Do You see the problem here? Okay, so it says, but the Biden administration is taking away all the wrong lessons from its failed broadband policies. Rather than righting the ship, the Biden administration is going hard left. It is now blaming the private sector and free market capitalism itself for the administration's own policy shortfalls. The problem the administration has apparently concluded is that the FCC has never gone full command and control when it comes to regulating the Internet. So last month, President Biden gave the FCC its marching orders. The president called on the FCC to implement a one-page section of the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Infrastructure Act, by adapting new rules of breathtaking scope, all in the name of quote-unquote digital equity. For the first time ever, those rules would give the federal government a roving mandate to micromanage nearly every aspect of how the Internet functions, from how ISPs allocate capital, Internet service providers allocate capital, and where they build, to the services that consumers can purchase, from the profits that Internet service providers can realize and how they market and advertise services to the discounts and promotions that consumers can receive. Talk about central planning. Needless to say, Congress never contemplated the sweeping regulatory regime that President Biden asked the FCC to adopt, adopt, sorry, let alone authorize the agency to implement it. Nevertheless, the commission will vote next week on November 15th to put President Biden's plan in place. A draft of the FCC order implementing uh, President Biden's plan is available. I oppose the plan for several reasons. President Biden's uh, plan hands the administrative state effective control of all Internet services and infrastructure in the country. Never before in roughly 40-year history of the public internet has the FCC, or any federal agency for that matter, claimed this degree of control over it. Indeed, President Biden's plan calls for the FCC to apply a far-reaching set of government controls that the agency has not applied to any technology in the modern era, including Title II common carriers. The closest analog would be the heavy-handed rules the FCC applied to uh, the Ma Bell telephone monopoly during the height of the New Deal era, a copper wire period when it was hard to distinguish between the government regulator and the telephone provider. But do not take my word for it. The text uh, of the order expressly provides the FCC would be empowered for the first time to regulate each and every Internet service provider's Network infrastructure deployment, network reliability, network upgrades, network maintenance, customer premises, equipment, and installation. It would also uh, regulate speed, capacities, latency, data caps, throttling, pricing, promotional rates, imposition of late fees, opportunity of equipment rental. Installation time, contract renewal terms, service termination terms, and use of credit uh, and account history. It would also include mandatory arbitration clauses, pricing, deposits, discounts, customer service language, uh, option language options, credit checks, marketing or advertising, contract renewal, upgrade, account termination, transfers to another covered entity, and service suspension. As exhausting as it is to read the uh, list, the FCC itself is not uh, an exhaustive list. The Biden administration's plan to empower the FCC to regulate every aspect of the internet sector for the first time ever. The plan is motivated by an ideology of government control that is not compatible with the fundamental uh, precepts of the free market capitalism. But it gets worse. The FCC reserves the right under this plan to regulate both actions and omissions, whether recurring or a single instance. In other words, if you take any action, you might be liable. And if you do nothing, you might be liable. There is no path to complying with this standardless regime. It reads like a planning document drawn up on the faculty lounge of a university's Soviet studies department. President Biden's plan sweeps entire industries within the FCC's jurisdiction for the first time in the agency's 90 year history. It would be one thing if the FCC uh, cabined its intrusive new regime for internet service providers or even businesses within the communications sector. It does not. The draft FCC order says that we are not explicitly tasked with regulating entities outside the communications industry a rare moment of regulatory humility. But then it goes on to say that the FCC will do so in in this case, nonetheless. (laughs) The moment passed. Landlords are now covered. Construction crews are now covered. Marketing agencies are now covered. Banks are now covered. The government itself is now covered. All newly regulated by the FCC and liable for any act or omission that the agency determines has an impermissible impact on the consumer's access to broadband. Congress never authorized the FCC to regulate these industries or entities. So, to all the businesses and individuals that will be subject to the FCC regulation for the first time ever, welcome. I hope you have good lawyers. And <laughs> this guy, oh man, And you got to remember, this is this is one of Trump's guys, too. So he loves stirring the pot a little bit. President Biden's plan allows the FCC to impose unfunded build mandates on Internet service providers and unlimited monetary fines on every covered entity. Section 60506, the one page portion of the infrastructure law that President Biden cites as authority. For the FCC's new regime, does not authorize the commission to create or enforce new punitive liability rules or compel builds. Instead, it directs the FCC to facilitate equal access to broadband internet access service. Nonetheless, the FCC's draft order determines that the agency will apply the full, site, uh, uh, full suite of the Commission's Act Communications Act. Enforcement powers to any or omission that violates the Section 60506 regime, although it will do so with one minor derivation from the uh, Communications Act norm. It imposes no ceiling on the level of potential fines, which means these ISPs are on the hook for whatever the government wants. And this is just insanity. This means that Internet service providers could very well be compelled to build out Internet infrastructure without any compensation. And every decision from the C-suite to the call center will be subject to FCC second guessing. Do you see the delays that this would cause? Right? The increased costs. It's just all unnecessary bullshit. President Biden's plan includes... Uh, Price controls. Last month, the 11th hour, the FCC slightly softened its proposal to use Title II, proceeding to regulate broadband rates. Now we know why. The Section 60506 order that the FCC will vote on next week expressly states that the FCC can use it to regulate broadband pricing and even the Internet service provider's profitability. Title II is no longer necessary to achieve that end. But the Section 60506 rules... Uh, Do more than that. The FCC uh, arrogates, uh, arrogates to itself the power to review and determine the lawfulness of the promotional pricing and discount. It even puts to use the credit checks squarely in the crosshairs. Of course, Congress did not give the FCC power to do any of this. The agency just creates it out of the whole cloth. President Biden's plan adopts an expansive and disfavored theory of liability that Congress neither directed nor authorized the FCC to adopt. uh, Section 60506 of the Infrastructure Act speaks in brief and straightforward terms. It states that it is the policy of the United States that insofar as technically and economically feasible, subscribers should benefit from equal access to broadband. It then directs the FCC to adopt rules that facilitate equal access to broadband, again, to an extent technically and economically feasible, and to prevent and eliminate digital discrimination based on income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin. After nearly two years and several rounds of comments, the FCC's draft order concludes that, quote unquote, there is little or no evidence in the agency's record to even indicate that there has been any intentional discrimination in the broadband market within the meeting of the statute. And that's what's, you know, I brought up earlier, like, where is this coming from? Who, who are these people that are being discriminated against now? Is it a total and utter racket the way these companies charge for wireless service? Yeah, it's 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 fucking insane. They are just, you know, bending you over for your internet service because they know you need it. And then what do they offer? They offer you different tiers. Well, you you pay for more, and then the service is good for a couple weeks, then it goes down. Right? It's this game they constantly play with you. All right, let's get back to this and finish this up. But instead of proceeding with the forward looking rules on the basis, the FCC at President Biden's direction reads an expansive and disfavored theory of liability into law that exists nowhere in the statutory text. Even in the absence of any evidence of interne- intentional discrimination, the Biden plan states that the FCC can impose potentially unbounded liability if the agency finds some act or even failure to act happened as a result of uh, disparate impact based on the FCC's own judgment. Reading this theory of liability into law conflicts with the Supreme Court's civil rights precedent. The FCC should not adopt it. In the FCC... Uh, In the end, the FCC could have adopted rules that lawfully and faithfully implemented Congress's decision in the Infrastructure Act. The FCC could have taken concrete steps that would have extended high-speed Internet services to more Americans. In fact, the FCC cites a few uh, such actions in its draft order that were raised in the record, including eliminating government-imposed barriers and regulatory red tape that have been slowing down broadband builds. But instead of going that route, the FCC opts for the ideological approach instead. Office of the Commissioner, Rendon Carr. Okay. So now that's, I mean, you look at it right there. And what is, again, it's government getting in the way of everything. These people are telling you, we can update the infrastructure if you get rid of the government-imposed barriers and the red tape that's in place. All bureaucratic bullshit. And it's true. You know? And then, okay, so let's... Let me share... uh, uh, Let me share this article. I found this article very interesting. Okay, and this is by Maggie Ronchich, I don't know, and this is from November 10th, and it says, Biden's digital equity will soon lead the government micromanaging nearly every aspect of the internet, the FCC commissioner warns, and that's what we just read um, from there. In the guise of digital equity, President Biden has called for the SEC to exercise a degree of control over the Internet services and infrastructure we have never seen before. Okay, so he's he's talking with Ma- uh, Maggie and the Biden administration soon implements sweeping regulations that could give it control. Of the Internet analysts are warning ahead of the FCC's November 15th vote on the proposed rules in the uh, OK, we just read that. Uh, It will give the administrative state the power to micromanage nearly every aspect of how the internet works. These types of command and control regulations will only make it harder for internet infrastructure and services to be built out and could make our networks look more sluggish uh, that consumers in Europe have to deal with. Democratic-controlled FCC says the new rules would prevent discrimination in access to broadband services across uh, based on income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, and national origin, none of which they give a shit about. You're not in their class. We're all we're all less than. Okay, as long as we recognize that, we recognize that the ultimate goal of this proceeding is to facilitate equal access to broadband, just as the law says. Says SCC chairwoman Jessica uh, Rosenworcel. Yet the rules, which would regulate the internet service providers, infrastructure, network, maintenance, and upgrade speeds, uh, use of customer credit and account history, and more, read like a planning document drawn up by the faculty lounge of the university's Soviet Studies Department, Mr. Carr says. he And he goes on to, you know, keeps talking about this. Um, and basically, you know, he said... Uh, so there's this woman, Ms. Hicks. Where does she come in? Uh, right here. Okay. The rules don't reflect the next generation of satellite internet, mobile Wi-Fi, five G, and more. Analysts, Consumer Choice Center, Elizabeth Hicks tells the Sun. The rules will also be burdensome and costly to abide by, she says. Congress never contemplated or authorized the FCC to implement these. Uh, sweeping regulatory regime that president biden is asking for she says adding that it isn't stopping the sec from voting to put the rules in place the new rules would harm consumers by making a bad internet situation even worse considering government and bureaucratic red tape is slowing down and even preventing broadband build-outs, giving the government more authority and control to overregulate Internet service providers is the equivalent of adding gasoline to a dumpster fire, she says. The Biden administration should instead be eliminating government barriers that slow down Internet service by creating more competitive and free markets, she says. We need more technology, more investment, and more competition. But that will come from the bottom-up and from innovators rather than Washington, D.C., Mrs. Hicks said. FCC representatives did not return a request from the Sun for comment. Well, Mrs. Hicks, I said, I hope you have security, ma'am, because you are speaking nothing but the truth, right? And what we're seeing here is that it's just bureaucratic bullshit that gets in the way, right? Now, I want to play this clip from glenn back because i find it very interesting very uh very fear porny and glenn's good at doing that um that's kind of his mo every now and then he's on the mark but a lot of times he's just very dramatic he's a you know and kind of an alex jones type at times but uh let's listen to glenn back here
1: uh the biden administration Uh, has just put forward a plan for digital equity and it is a plan for all internet services and all infrastructure according to uh, FCC Commissioner Carr President Biden's plan hands the administrative state effective control of all internet services and infrastructure in the country. Never before in the roughly 40-year history of the public internet has the FCC or any federal agency for that matter claimed this degree of control over it. The plan calls for the FCC to apply a far-reaching set of government controls that the agency has not applied to any technology in the modern era. You got that? This has never been done before. No communication devices have ever had this kind of control suggested by the government, let alone applied. He went on and said Congress never contemplated the sweeping regulatory regime that President Biden asked the FCC to adopt, let alone authorize the agency to implement it. Here's what's happening. As with everything else the Biden administration is doing, his broadband policies are failing and the building of internet infrastructure in this country, uh, the price of it has gone through the roof. FCC wants new 5G broadband services, but it's all needlessly been blocked and delayed by new broadband uh, infrastructure um, regulatory red tape. So the government is blocking the private sector from doing it and then using that to say, see, we need to take complete control. this is breathtaking control of all information the rules the the rules that are suggested and are going to be voted on quick hurry next week the federal government has a roving mandate to micromanage nearly every aspect of how the internet functions from how internet service providers allocate capital where they build to the services that consumers can purchase from the profits that ISPs can realize and how they market and advertise services to the discounts and promotions that consumers can receive if passed the FCC will be empowered for the first time to regulate every ISPs service termination terms use of customer credit account history credit checks account termination among other items he said this plan reads like a document drawn up in the faculty lounge of a university's Soviet Studies Department it in it includes plans to empower the FCC to regulate every single aspects, uh, aspect of the Internet for the first time ever. You have uh, an FCC policy advisor who has just read the plan. He said, quote, to call it extreme or radical doesn't do this proposal justice. Phil Kirpin has just come out and said Biden is turning digital discrimination into a pretext for regulating everything for equity. This is so far reaching that it will mean even the blaze because we are on the backbone of the internet. We can be completely separate everything but because we're on the backbone of the internet we will now have to comply by government fcc regulations i have done broadcast under fcc regulations for 48 years i know what fcc regulations are like i also started before reagan i Think it was before Reagan uh, deregulated the uh, radio waves and television waves I will tell you that um, those regulations today would put this show out of business I could not do what I do today if they just went back to the regulations that were in the FCC Back in the 40s and 60s and 80s. I'll have more on this. This just came to my attention. I'll have more on this. But this is a very big deal.
2: So, there we have it. That is Mr. Glenn Beck. And, you know, a little bit of his his fear porn. Um, You know, I, I... it's tough because some of what he's saying is legitimate, right? He does have some good points and he's he's coming off of what uh, Commissioner Carr said in, in a lot of the things and the red flags that are coming up from that. But a few of the things... Uh, oh, okay. The one thing that he says is uh, regulating everything for equity. Now, that's the the Biden strategy and that's, again when we're doing this stuff in the name of equity and diversity and inclusion it's not it's never for the right reasons and again we go back to to Biden's famous slip from last episode what's it tied to i'm going to keep saying it over and over again it's either political gain or profits that's what all of these acts laws all this stuff it doesn't have to do with our safety come on it doesn't have to do for our benefit It's a way for them to keep feeding the beast and siphon more money out of us. Okay. Now, when we look at what he talked about, um, that when he was on the internet backbone, everybody's on the internet backbone, right? Everyone's part of the internet. So everyone in that rationale is subject to this. And what he harps on is, is back, you know, in the Reagan administration, which, we're going back 30 years at this point and he's saying that he is go- has worked for the FCC and he we're going to have to comply with FCC regulations and then he brings the 40s the 60s and the 80s FCC there's no way and because he, he says there's no way he could operate there's no way any company or or media outlet would operate on 80s guidelines like we're not going back to that point now what you're going to see in the opposite way though is censorship okay which is different than what was going on in the 80s social media is a totally different animal than anything that has been present in history before and they're trying to get control of it and that's kind of what this is and there's an interesting article here i found in the washington examiner and it talks about the federal communications commission has adopted woke new rules to control internet services that will increase customer costs slow investment in new technologies and raise the prospect of yet more government intrusion and censorship right just what we talked about right this the government overstepping their bounds to control things is is unacceptable Okay, and then we have Brendan Carr was talking about, but then you also had FCC advisor Adam uh, Kandueb, who said the FCC is dishonestly claiming that it is promoting equity and fairness. However, the FCC is just seizing control over business decisions, funneling resources to politically preferred uh, constituencies. The timing is particularly suspect given the entrepreneur Elon Musk's effort to provide uncensored internet access via Starlink to go with the uncensored speech he has already delivered on his social media platform X. And this is an interesting aspect that I didn't consider. And this is where I first heard this, you know, again, are they, are they trying to, play this game with him and in, in this cat and mouse, uh, it's another interesting thing to think about and something that has to be considered. Is this to to reel in Elon and, and, you know, ultimately limit free speech? The FCC adopted the package of regulations November 15th. The new rules would empower the commission to prosecute internet service providers for alleged discrimination based on race, ethnicity, and other protected classes as well as income. The rules empower the FCC to crack down on digital inequities, as the Associated Press put it, by which the commission might mean, for example, punishing companies for building infrastructure in neighborhoods where agency expects people to actually buy it, right? So why would you build out infrastructure in an area where no one's going to buy your service, right? That's a bad business model. And that's kind of so he goes on to say the newly Democratic, uh, Democrat dominated FCC allegedly imposed new rules to eliminate discrimination in access to internet services, by which the commission means uneven rollout of 5G. It's stymied by regulatory and uh, by regulatory red tape. Where's the regulatory red tape come from? The government. Okay. They, They can't get out of their own way. Congress in 2021, Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill delegated the FCC to uh, to the task to ensure that all people of the United States benefit from equal access to broadband internet access. In fact, the agency found no evidence of intentional discrimination. Did you hear that? Right? So although we're going to protect from it, (laughs) the agency found no evidence of intentional discrimination. But the leftists on the FCC use Congress's delegation as an excuse to force equity and diversity mandates ranging from controls over discounts, language options, and credit checks to marketing and advertising. These are the things that they can impact based on this new found power. What is the goal? Essentially to reinstate so-called net neutrality. We've heard that before rules that dictate how Internet service providers treat traffic and use those rules to ram through a federal takeover of Americans' access to the Internet. Beyond risking a dramatic expansion of federal control of the Internet, the rules are likely to raise costs in slow service, obviously, the exact opposite of the stated intent. And the rules could radically expand government intrusion in the economy by characterizing a business that pursues more affluent customers as engaging in a form of discrimination. So if your business goes after people who are going to buy your services and not people who you know won't buy your services, that could be discrimination in this nonsense. Again, it's all gray. They create these gray areas where they can reel you into their, not only their ba- Babylonian money magic system, but their Babylonian court system, their legal system. That's their maritime legal system, okay? It's all dark arts, okay? So, at the cost, uh, uh, as for costs, the rules will push companies to waste money building services that customers don't want to avoid charges of discrimination, This effectively would pass the costs on to actual paying customers who would have to foot the bill for building potentially billions of dollars in broadband to nowhere, right? So the people who are using it and paying for it, their costs will go up for them to build in areas that will not pay for it, that will never be used. Okay. This is along the lines of these are the same stupid ass people who are trying to push us all to electric by 2030 knowing that our grid can't support it. it it's just moronic. There's no logic to this whatsoever. And it's going to fail. But, you know, let's get through this first. Indeed, given... Uh, oh no, we know how that turns out. Then Donald Trump's repeal... the similar net neutrality rules the repeal actually lowered prices and raised speeds this new rule puts all that at risk piling more costs on families who are already suffering under inflation what else is new indeed given the companies themselves have limited capital budgets they will now have to spread over non-buying customers companies are likely to degrade service across the network this will force not only higher costs but slower speeds right so you're going to pay more for less this is the new system right this is shrinkflation where you pay more for a smaller package right what used to be 12 ounces for 5.99 for 9.99 now you will get 3 ounces you know it's just stupid shit like that okay so the second effect is even more ominous. The risk of radical increase in the federal government's interference across uh, the economy by expanding diversity mandates to include income and wealth. Right? This is because any product with a price automatically discriminates by income. The car maker Ferrari, for example, disproportionately sells to rich people not because it doesn't like poor people, but because poor people can't afford its cars. So you see the problem that this could create here, right? Because you outprice a certain group that could be now just considered discrimination. And the DEI police will go after you and the government will fine you. And it's it's just a way to, to milk us even more. As we reg- uh, regard the very concept of the price as implicit discrimination that requires a government solution... If so, we would need a ministry of prices and a ministry of incomes to ensure the proletariat are all equally chained. As incompetent as the Biden administration has proven to be from inflation to the southern border to foreign policy, the one thing the president's men and women put their thinking caps on uh, for is capturing power. The collateral damage to both the economy and free speech could be catastrophic. Okay, so he says that this could be a little bit more. And as he said in there, and what we alluded to, was that this did pass. Okay, this passed by a three to two vote on um, November 15th, and it did pass on party lines. The two Republicans voted no, the three Democratic voted yes. Okay, and... This is, you know, car, this has a lot of car quotes in here, a lot of the stuff we've heard before. And it talks about how the I, the Internet service providers can be penalized um, for discrimination, you know, <laughs> which is very arbitrary. It's, and it says the FCC on a case will be determined by the FCC on the case-by-case basis and based on what other ISPs have been able to do in the past. So it's like, okay, we're just going to throw this at the wall, see if it sticks, and go with it. So it's nonsense. You know, it's all bullshit. It's just going to lead to higher prices, more delays in service, more delays in repair, slower speeds. And it's just the the Biden way to do everything. Now, uh, the U.S. telecom... Um, which is a broadband industry group, made its position on the rules clear on its website post. However well-intentioned the FCC's draft rules create a regulatory structure that could stifle investment and force providers to divert limited capital away from deployment. That was from their uh, president and CEO, Jonathan Spalter. And what he's talking about is exactly what they said, right? They emphasized the, the idea that, you know, if this area doesn't have service... Even though no one's going to buy it, you still have to put the infrastructure there, or that's discriminatory. So you're going to divert resources to install this stuff that you will get no return on your investment on, no use from, and your existing customers will pay because your resources are diverted to this other group. And now that will cause latency in the network, which will slow your speeds. Do you see how this just screws the customer once again? This is the what they're doing to us. Now, you know, uh, let's see if there's anything else in here. Uh, oh, this is the one that I thought. Was, okay, so they did find one instance, one group that is discriminated against. For decades, the disability community has noted that discrimination occurs unintentionally and often results from seemingly neutral policies that result in discrimination. Too often, disabled people experience discrimination not because of malicious intent or explicit exclusion within programs or policies, but because disabled people were simply not considered in the first place. And that's by... Um, the American Association of People with Disabilities. So, uh, you know, adopting a disparate impact test would cause carriers to choose between prioritizing development based on closing the digital divide as required by Congress and paralyzing deployment for fear that a regular common business decision may disproportionately affect a minority community and that's what it is because there's no set guidelines it's all arbitrary okay and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and we read the markups article um or this is the markup article that they talked about how um let's see an investigation uh that they published last year, showed a quartet of major Internet service providers disproportionately charged households in lower income, less white, and historically redif- uh, redlined neighborhoods in dozens of cities across the country the same price for slower Internet plans than they were offering faster speeds in other part of town. In its notice uh, proposed rulemaking released shortly after our story, the FCC specifically asked the public for comment about our investigations and what accounts for the dispari- uh, disparities identified, okay? And so you, you get into this and you, this digs into a couple of the players and I'll put the link to this in my my thing, but what what bothers me, okay? So this is where they're looking for control of the internet. Remember when a couple months ago, we talked about the Restrict Act, where they want the Secretary of Commerce to be given the power to review business transactions involving certain information and communications technology products and services when they are connected to a foreign adversary, quote-unquote. Again, a very gray area as to what a foreign adversary is of the United States, and pose an undue and unacceptable risk, again, very arbitrary, to the national security of the United States or its citizens right and so what is this this is the takeover of banking right along with central bank digital currency that they eventually want to roll out that's that's control of how you can spend your money now let's take a look um over here before we get before we close out i wanted to um play this one clip from our favorite dictator in in New York, none other than the uh, wonderful Catherine Hockle. You know, as she is just a ray of sunshine in the dark state of New York. So let's listen to what... Uh, Dictator Hackel has to say about what her plans are for New York students.
1: Today, I'm directing the director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K through 12 in our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it, and help prepare them for a very fast-moving and often confusing world.
2: She's going to help you identify conspiracy theories. The people who pushed nothing but conspiracy theories for the past better part of three plus years. That's who we're going to trust as the trusted resource. And this is where we get into the issue with censorship. Because who are the censors? Who is the judge on that? And that, that's what, you know, and this, that's why I played this because this is the education sector. They want to take control of what your children, and they already have it, but they want to tighten that noose a little bit more. Ministry of Truth is what they want to come out with, which again, any, and I, I sound like a broken record, but any government agency or policy act, take the name and invert it. And you're going to find out what they really are. So this is the ministry of lies. This is the ministry of propaganda. How do we get the people to buy our message? How do we how do we ingrain it in these children to learn our message? And if we can't do it here, okay, we're going to take control of the internet. Now, is this bill the 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 be all? And no, I don't think so. But this is a step. And how do they do this? They do it step by step. It's not going to be just a wave that comes in. They, they try to with COVID and, you know, it's blown up in their face now, years later. But now, they usually do these operations step by step by step. And as you backpedal a step and give them a step, they're going to take it and take it and take it. And next thing you know, you have no steps left. Your back's against the wall and they've got you pinned. And that's where we are with this. Now, You know, you had Glenn Beck's point of view, and then you had the article from the Washington Examiner, Um, but I also wanted to give you um, the news girl's point of view, and because she has a little bit more positive outlook on this, although I think she is a little naive, but let's listen in.
3: Understand, the FCC isn't just going rogue and randomly coming up with this digital equity plan. Congress demanded they do it by law when Democrats and Republicans voted to pass the bipartisan infrastructure law two years ago. In that law, Congress included the first ever broadband access anti-discrimination provision of the digital age, and it required the FCC to come up with rules to prevent and identify necessary steps to eliminate digital discrimination. The law also approved $65 billion to ensure that everyone in America has access to affordable, reliable, high speed internet, because as you know, if you don't have access to the internet in this day and age, you cannot succeed in school or even at your job. So since that law was passed for the last two years, the FCC has been working to accomplish the demands of Congress and this law. They brought in experts. They held multiple public hearings addressing all of this stuff. And in April of 2022, yes, April of 2022, they released to the public this digital equity plan. This plan isn't new, but it's stirring up all these issues right now because the FCC just voted to ratify the rules yesterday. So what are these rules? What does this plan really do? And does it actually give the government the ability to have full control of the internet as you may be hearing? Well, the plan does several things, including adopting rules to facilitate equal access to broadband internet by preventing digital discrimination of access based on income, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin, and identifies necessary steps to eliminate such discrimination. This rule takes into account technical and economic feasibility for the internet providers, it adopts
2: okay. Now, that's bullshit because we know there's no such thing. They found no evidence of digital discrimination. <laughs> so, what do we need this rule for? For something that doesn't exist? Do you see the problem here? And she just blindly just goes right through it. yeah, they're doing it for digital discrimination. Here we go again. It adopts rules that prohibit (laughs) digital discrimination of access. There is no such thing as digital discrimination. It doesn't exist. So what are we talking about here? Let's let her go on.
3: Rules that prohibit digital discrimination of access. It amends the FCC's existing enforcement rules so they can specifically authorize investigations looking into cases of potential digital discrimination of access. And it revises the Commission's informal consumer complaint process to provide a new portal for consumers to easily file complaints against broadband internet companies the consumer believes are violating these new rules. Okay.
2: Okay. Now, that's nonsense. If you think they're going to improve any response times, any help desks, you haven't been around long enough. It it just doesn't exist. That's nonsense. So if you're believing that, that they're they're creating this new pathway where you can, you know, uh, report all this stuff and they're going to act quick, get the, the, that's nonsense. Don't buy it. I got a bridge to sell you. Okay, let's let her finish.
3: That is what the document says. Nowhere in this document is there any word, phrase, or paragraph that directly says, or even indirectly implies, that the United States government could take control of the whole internet. I'm not even really sure how that could even be possible, but like everything else the US government does, there is politically charged language in this rule. You may have actually caught it when I was reading it to you. The whole concept that internet digital discrimination is a thing is a controversial concept. It's one the president has believed since he took office is real, and it's something that a lot of the Republicans don't think is real. This new FCC rule defines digital discrimination as a policy or practice of an internet company that impacts customers' access to broadband internet based on their income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin, or policies and practices that are intended to treat broadband customers differently. Now, according to the bipartisan infrastructure law, the FCC must take into consideration the fact that for some of these internet companies, there are legitimate technical or financial reasons that prevent the company from providing equal access to broadband service in particular communities. And those reasons are very real and need to be taken into consideration. The thing is this rule has an enforcement mechanism. If internet companies are found to have practices that digitally discriminate when it comes to broadband access, the FCC can investigate, or try and come up with solutions with the internet company but if the companies don't budge and they don't have a legitimate technical or business reason why the FCC can impose penalties on those companies
2: again this is a gray area right because the company can say listen it makes no sense from a business perspective for us to do this and the government say do it anyway and they have to do it or they face fines this whole um you know, they'll negotiate with them and and if they uh, have a business plan, they don't care. They're, this is where they get you. This is what creates the bureaucracy of it all. This is the red tape she's talking about that they're going to throw in there. These nonsense investigations for something that they've already said there's no evidence that it exists today. Let's go.
3: And that is where this idea of government taking over the internet comes from. It actually comes from this guy, Brendan Carr. He is an FCC commissioner appointed by former President Donald Trump. Now, if his name sounds familiar to you, it should. We talked a lot about him last year when he was very, very vocal about the FCC banning TikTok. Carr voted against this digital equity plan yesterday, and he wrote a nine-page statement about why. The very first line says the Biden administration's entire approach to the Internet, its broadband agenda, if you will, can be boiled down to one word control. His statement goes on to say this new FCC rule controls these companies by micromanaging where they should build their broadband infrastructure, how they should market and advertise their services and he doesn't like the federal programs Congress established to reduce the cost of internet services for low-income families. He says this is not free market capitalism. He says this agenda of expanding access to broadband internet across the country is skyrocketing costs causing delays and adding unnecessary red tape to the internet system. And Carr isn't alone. Republican Senator Ted Cruz, along with 27 other Republican colleagues, sent a letter to the FCC opposing this rule, saying these rules are too broad and they are an existential threat threat to these internet businesses because they would punish the practical business choices and profit related decisions that sustain a vibrant and dynamic free enterprise system so do these rules allow the federal government to take control of the internet i gave you all the facts you can just
2: okay now do they take control like physical no but what do they do they add regulations. They add oversight. They add nonsense to the process. This woman obviously believes that government intervention is a good thing. I totally disagree with that. I don't think our government should intervene in stuff like this. I think we should have less smaller government. This is overreach. This is government overreach at its finest, which she fails to even mention are the costs that are going to go to the consumers, the increased costs that the consumers could get with slower rates, uh, slower speeds. So worse product, higher costs, and you have no options. These internet service providers in most areas are monopolies. It's take it or leave it. You don't have multiple options, right? Unless you're going to go Starlink and spend thousands of dollars to get the hardware and get it up and going okay and most people don't have that money these days in this economy we're already scraping together every paycheck to paycheck what do you want i mean internet's expensive as is as, as can be already let alone you know what are they going to do after this and what is this going to cause now what else didn't they men- mention is the the slower investment into new tech So, this could retard the growth of the technology and the expansion of the technology, the innovation of the technology. If they have to spend their capital on areas that will, they will see no return. It's wasted money. And she did mention, and she kind of poo pooed and laughed at Carr mentioning the red tape that's involved, the delays. Guys, there's nothing good about government intervention in these programs. Just show me a government program that's successful. Show me one. Because I have yet to see one that truly works, that isn't corrupt, that isn't polluted by the swamp, that, that, that doesn't benefit the controllers, the parasites at our cost at our expense I'll le- I'll leave that with you there because I I it just scares me you know it doesn't that scares me but whenever I hear this it, I cringe because I'm like okay here they come again here comes the government one more time to step in and intervene and that never that never favors us. And that's, that's really what my fear with this is, in, in, in a sense. Now, before we get out of here, one, how does this kind of trickle down? Well, I'll show you here, T-Mobile, okay? They changed their terms of service. So I found this uh, little clip here. It says T-Mobile has quietly updated their t- terms of service to include fines for content they don't agree with. Beginning January 1st, 2024, they will be finding users who commit perceived violations on their bandwidth. Who knew in America that phone providers would now be policing the content of your text messages to fine you? So what they've created is what they call SHAFT, which literally they will give you. It's an acronym for Sex, Hate, Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco. It outlines the category of text messages specifically regulated due to moral and legal issues and is monitored and enforced by the Cellular Telephone Industries Association and the mobile carriers. Who gets to determine what is and isn't hateful? Again, it's this gray area. And who gets to decide that? That's a very powerful position to be in. Will political text messages be censored? now and going into 2024 we're in 2024 will they i think there's a you know that's another thing you have to look at look at what they've done to try and silence trump right they've weaponized the government and weaponized all of the government's institutions against him they tried they did the fbi went after him with uh russiagate and that nonsense Okay, they, they impeached him twice or tried to, you know. <laughs> uh, then he leaves, you know, they create a phony uh, pandemic. He responds poorly to it. They have some election shenanigans that go on. And then even after he's out of office, when he tries to run again, first it starts with some civil lawsuits, then the federal lawsuits start coming out and none of them stick because they're all bullshit. It just shows you how desperate they are for control and anything they can't control, they want to eliminate. And that's all I see Trump as. He's a nuisance to them. He's just a pain in their ass and they just don't want to deal with him anymore. It's not that he's going to, you know, make life better for you or me. But when we look at their terms of service, they say beginning January 1st, 2024, T-Mobile is instituting three new fees for non-compliant traffic that result in sever- severity zero violation. A sub zero represents the most harmful violation to consumers and is the highest level of escalation with which the carrier will engage with bandwidth. This applies across all products, whether it's SMS or MMS, short code, toll free, or 10DLC. 10, 10 that traverse T-Mobile's network. So you have the, the tier one fines, which is for phishing, smishing, or social engineering, which is $2,000. You have the two tier two fines, which is $1,000 for illegal content. Included content must be legal in all 50 states and federally. Illegal content includes, but is not limited to, cannabis, marijuana, CBD, illegal prescriptions, and solicitation. So... If you're texting pictures of the bud you picked up to someone in a non-legal state, or it doesn't even matter, if it's not legal in all 50 states, you can be fined. $1,000. Tier three, $500 for all other violations, including but not limited to shaft, which we just talked about. Sex, hate alcohol, firearms, and tobacco, okay it's It's crazy to think that these people are willing to just keep tightening that noose on us, and we just gladly kind of accept it and yeah, it is what it is, you know it's 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 not good, folks. It's something we really have to look at and start considering and push back eventually because this is nonsense. The fact that if I'm in Massachusetts and I get a buddy uh, and he asks me what kind of butt I picked up and I take a picture and send it to him, I text it to him of some butt I just picked up at the legal dispensary that I could be fined $1,000 by T-Mobile Because weed's not legal in Texas? Get the fuck out. This makes no sense, guys. It's just, again, unnecessary overreach, unnecessary censorship, just looking to milk us for every penny at a time when pennies are meaningless and we don't have many of them as is. And that's why I call them the parasite class because they just leech off us. If it's not our assets and our Babylonian money magic... You know, and again, hey, anybody interested, check out that ORP, uh, Operation Red Pill episode on Babylonian money magic from uh, this past Wednesday here. Outstanding uh, work by Christopher and Jason, as usual. But uh, yeah, they really break down the system. And uh, I also just put out on my Patreon, Patreon page the... Uh, 1934 movie the house of rothschilds which is a very interesting watch and it's you know basically a self-funded documentary on the Rothschilds' banking takeover of you know england and then kind of the world uh with central banking but yeah you're starting to see more and more of it but between the money magic and they siphon your energy they say from your intentions. Sometimes, I mean, all those idiots that go down to Times Square and have a ball dropped on their head. You know, my my other buddies at the the Mind's Eye podcast did a great breakdown of of New Year's Eve, and they were talking about it. It's just a giant ritual. It's all it is. And we keep falling for the rituals, right? We even under the guise of holidays, right? What are holidays? They're supposed to be holy days. Instead they've inverted the system and the days that are supposed to be holy. We just treat as regular days for the most part. And these holiday holidays are what we value the most, which are usually pagan rituals. Um, Which not to say everything that pagan is, 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 you know, despicable, but everybody does it under the guise of purity. And it's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of inversion. and, I think this is another one, you know, the digital discrimination. There is no such thing. They have found no evidence of digital discrimination. So what are we talking about? Why does the government need to step in? That's where you should, you know, your spidey senses should go off and say, well, if it doesn't exist, why do we need the government? Why do they need to get their tentacles in another thing? Why do they need to regulate something that doesn't exist? It's just, you know, along with what we talked about, um, you know, this whole demographics is destiny and the my migration issue we're having right now, immigration, where they're just letting anybody and everybody in, tens of thousands of people uh, at a clip. System can only sustain so much. And. You know, we're we're watching this Yuri Bezmenov described slow infiltration over invasion attack. And uh, it's very interesting because I just and I just saw recently that and I don't I haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet. But allegedly 60 percent of the Act Blue funds that were raised um, came from China. ActBlue is a democratic organization, fundraiser type thing. 60% of their millions of dollars they raised were from China. Does that interest anybody? You know, we're not going to... This country isn't going to go down in a uh, physical war. It's going to be suffocated slowly. You know, we're in like a crocodile role right now. How long can you keep rolling before you run out of oxygen? And that's kind of the way I see the United States right now. And, and the corporation is, it's it's limping along, you know, it's not in the best of shape. It's uh, being exposed. All its cracks are, are being, you know, put a lot of pressure on and eventually the system's going to burst but that's enough on this the digital discrimination i'll put some links uh some of these articles in there but do your own research folks check it out it's not good it's not for us we need to uh, push back on anything like this so hey if you want to uh support the show patreon.com slash the great deception podcast like i said January 19th, it's a Friday. We will have our patron only Zoom call. So, all my patrons, we will, uh, anybody that wants to meet up, usually nine o'clock Eastern. Um, we usually go for an hour or two, uh, depending on the group, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Uh, and it's usually a lot of fun. And then, in addition, like I said, I just put the House, House of Rothschild movie up there. I'm putting some more videos. Uh, on the page. I did put The Lost History of Flat, Flat Earth. All those parts are up there. Um, I've got, you know, 60 to 70 old books up there, and I'm going to be adding more. I just got one called, uh, actually, what's it called? 100 Proofs That the Earth is Flat, or the, the 100 Proofs That the Earth is Not a Globe. So uh, I'll put that out there for you all to read. But go over to Patreon uh great deception podcast or guys if you if if you can't donate money and i understand that times are tough i mean i'm single dad trying to you know (laughs) right now rent a house and keep things afloat and it's not easy you feel it every time you go to the grocery store the gas station uh anywhere you know heaven forbid something goes wrong on your car uh it's just it's it's tough time so i understand if you can't donate but so If you could leave a review on Spotify, you can leave, uh, reviews as well as Apple. And, and how that helps is that the more reviews you get, the more positive feedback. When someone searches an episode, if you are higher in the algorithm, you will get put higher on the list. The higher on the list you are, the more likely people are to listen to your show. So that is a huge help. And I thank you all that have done it. And, um, those of you that haven't you know please do so and it is greatly appreciated so with that guys uh everyone stay safe out there stay strong question everything <laughs>
0: was the chairman of the board of the Union Broadcasting Systems, and he died at 11 o'clock this morning of a heart condition, and woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! So, a rich little man with white hair died. What has that got to do with the price of rice, right? And why is that woe to us? Because you people... And 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now. Because less than 3% of you people read books. Because less than 15% of you read newspapers. Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This tube is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This tube can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This tube is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world. And woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. And that's why woe is us that Edward George Ruddy died. Because this company is now in the hands of CCA, the Communication Corporation of America. There's a new chairman of the board, a man called Frank Hackett, sitting in Mr. Ruddy's office on the 20th floor. And when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth on this network? So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves, because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. But, man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry. Just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colours, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube, you eat like the tube, you raise your children like the tube, you even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off.